Welcome back to our podcast. My name is Jim Hughes, and you're listening to The Gospel According to Jesus. If you're a believer and you've tuned in today, I just want to rejoice with you in your salvation. The greatest thing that you could ever do in your life is to give your life to Christ. The Bible says that he takes out your stony heart and he puts in a heart of flesh and he makes you a new person and he writes your name down the Lamb's Book of Life. And if you've done that, I just want to rejoice. That is the greatest thing that you'll ever do in your life. And I want to open up with a couple of scriptures today. And the first one is found in 1 Corinthians 1.18. And it says, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And then in Galatians 6.1.4, May it never be that I would boast, except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And our theme scripture is found in Amos 8.11. And it says, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or a thirst for water, but rather for the hearing of the words of the Lord. Listen, the world is thirsting after truth, and truth is truly found in God's Word. We see so many people talking about truth today, their truth, their own personal truth, but the, the truth is found in God's Word. Our podcast today is about the shade of the cross. Now, as we start talking about the cross, we're going to think about things that pertain to the cross and how it affects our lives. The cross is the symbol of Christianity and has been from the start. The cross is the key to your redemption. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 and 2, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Verse 2, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What is it about the cross? Why the cross? Paul says in Galatians 6.14, May it never be that I would boast except in the cross of what? The suffering, the agony, the death of Jesus Christ. Why did Paul say that? Why is he wanting to boast in something like that? Why do we see the symbol of the cross on every Catholic and Protestant church? Everywhere you go, you see the cross. It doesn't matter where it is. In the world, if you see a church, you're going to see the cross. I live in Houston, and if you're driving around the Beltway 8 in Houston and you're heading east, you'll eventually drive right by this church that has this cross. And you can't help but see it. It's 50 foot high. It's a cross. Everybody that drives by, they see it. Why has the cross become the symbol of Christianity? Have you ever thought about that? Why did that happen? Why did the cross become the number one symbol? That's one thing that all Christians can agree on. And there's not, I'm sorry to say, a lot of things that Christians agree on these days, except this one thing, that one thing that every Catholic and Protestant agrees on, and that is that the cross of Jesus Christ is central to the Christian faith. Now listen, Paul could have boasted in a lot of things, 
He could have boasted in the preexistence of Christ before the foundations of the world. He could have boasted in the birth of Christ because the birth of Christ is the most supernatural act upon the pages of human history because he was virgin born. Listen, Paul could have boasted that Christ made the lame walk and the blind see and the dumb talk, the dead to rise. He could have boasted that he read your every thought. Paul could have boasted that Jesus could peer into the hearts of men and knew everything about them. Now think about that. If you were walking with Christ and he could know every thought that was in your head. Or he could have boasted the power of Christ because from the planning of fingerprints or that he flung the worlds into space or boasted about the resurrection of Christ. The Bible teaches that on the third day he rose again or boasted about the return of Christ for his bride because the Bible teaches that Christ is coming again. But he said, I only boast in one thing. This one thing, the death and suffering of Christ on the cross. Now, why would Paul say that? And why would millions of born-again Christians agree with Paul that the central theme of Christianity is Christ and him crucified? Why glory in the shedding of blood on a Roman cross? the most brutal form of killing there was at the time of Christ. You read about it in, in our history books. It was the most brutal form of death. I remember when the Passion of the Christ came out and everybody wanted to see this. And I was a little bit concerned about it, not really depicting what the scripture says, but I went and saw it and I saw all the things that were depicted in that movie, and especially it showed the suffering in the most graphic form of any movie made about Christ, the suffering of Christ. The, the makers of that movie tried very hard to depict what it was probably like, yet it does not show the extent of his suffering. Paul says he only boasts in the death and suffering of Christ. Now listen, millions of tourists every year go to Israel. And what is the most requested site for them to see? Above all, it's Calvary. They want to see Calvary and the Via Dolorosa because it all started there. That's where it started. Christ hanging on the cross, dying for the world. You will never understand the Bible fully. Now listen to this. You will never fully understand the Bible unless you understand that central in the Old and New Testament is the cross of Jesus Christ. From Genesis to Revelation, there is a crimson thread, and that thread has to do with the suffering on the cross by Jesus for our sins. In the shade and shadow of that cross, lives were and are changed. I remember back in 2018, a missions trip to Guatemala, and we had attended this church, and it was a great service. And after that service, we all went to the roof of this church, and on the top of the church, there was this cross. A number of us went up to the roof after the service and gathered around that cross. I noticed the shade and the shadow of the cross in front of it. 
And then there was this one missionary named Karina, and she was talking about what God was doing in her life and the supernatural things that God had done in her. The, the, the fact that she had come to know Christ and she had committed herself to Christ. She shared with us how she wanted to go to Mexico and be a missionary and then go to India and win people in India for Christ. I noticed in the shade of that cross, our missions team shared their hearts. Not only Karina, but a number of them did of what God was doing in their lives, the supernatural things God had done in their lives, the humbling that God had done in their lives. I started thinking about how many lives are changed in the shade of the cross. I think about the sin of the world being piled up and laid upon Jesus Christ. Jesus took all of this on himself. You don't hear much about the cross and the suffering of Christ in pulpits today. It's a feel-good message that speaks nothing about what it takes to take up your cross and follow him. Listen, a lot of people wear crosses, but they don't bear crosses. I hear a lot of messages in pulpits today that don't deal with you having to give up something, but mostly about what God is going to give you. You have to understand that these preachers talk about how you can have your best life now. Listen, your best life is after you pass from this life into eternity. That's your best life. Standing before God, knowing that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that's your best life. They talk about if you want peace, love, and joy, then come to Christ. No. If you don't want to perish in your sins, come to Christ. If you don't want to live in this world of 60, 70, 80 years, and then your life is over for eternity, then you need to come to Christ. Listen, peace, love, and joy come from knowing that you're right with God, knowing that God loves you and that he reaches down to you. Look, Christianity is not man striving, struggling, working to please God. It's God reaching down to man. And he did that with Jesus on the cross. It's not the joy of this world. It's not the joy the world brings. Now look, the Bible, in the Bible you'll find that one-third of Matthew and Mark are given to the death of Christ. And one-quarter of Luke and one-half of John are given to the death of Christ. So the Bible says a lot about the cross and the suffering of Christ. All through Jesus' life, he thought and he said he must die. Christ said that he came not to be ministered to, but to minister and give his life as a ransom for all. On the cross, when we partake of the Lord's Supper during communion at our churches, every time you take communion, you're remembering that Jesus Christ dies. The wine shows forth his blood. And the bread shows forth his body given for our sins. Over and over and over again, the Bible talks about the cross and what Jesus did for us on it by dying for the sins of the human race. That's what Paul says. He doesn't boast in anything else, although he could. 
He was a Pharisee. He was a he was a great man of God even before he turned to Christ. He was well known. But when he boasts, he only boasts in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Because without that taking place, we are all doomed. If the cross didn't happen, if Jesus didn't die, if he didn't go to Calvary without the cross and Jesus hanging on it, we are all doomed. You see, the cross is the key to salvation. Salvation comes through the cross. Jesus hung on that cross. As the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. The cross is where that shedding of blood happens that was spoken about in the Old Testament. The shadow, the shade of that cross must fall on you. You must recognize that you're a sinner. Jesus voluntarily gave up his life on that cross for you and for me. You will need to look up at the cross just like the centurion did in Mark 15, 39. And when the centurion, who was standing right in front of him, saw that he died in this way, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. The shade, the shadow of the cross fell on him. And he looked up and he recognized Jesus as his savior. You see, the centurion stood in the shade of the cross and professed Jesus just like we have to do today. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to recognize that you're a sinner in need of a savior? Are you ready to recognize you have broken the law and that breaking brings condemnation from God, total, complete separation from him forever? Well, wait a minute, Jim. How do you know that I've broken the law? Well, the Bible says in James 2.10, it says if you could keep the whole law and yet you made a mistake and you broke just one, you are guilty of breaking them all. And that guilt brings condemnation, total separation from God. That's what it means when it says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All, every one of us have sinned. Every one of us have broken the laws of God. If you're ready to get your heart right with God, I want to pray with you today. I want you to recognize that God loves you and that he cares about you. And that this cross of Calvary, this cross that Jesus hung on, he hung on for you. Pray this prayer with me today. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I have broken your laws. I have made mistakes. I have fallen short. And I recognize that I need a Savior. And I recognize that you are my Savior and my Lord. Please come into my heart. Make me a new person. Change my life. Write my name down in your Lamb's Book of Life. And from this day forward, I vow to follow you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. I want to know what God's doing in your life. This is the greatest thing that you'll ever do, no matter what you're involved in, no matter how busy you are, no matter what your life holds for you. This is the greatest thing if you've done that today. Please email me. Let me know what God is doing in your heart, what he's doing in your life. My email is jimhughes71 at hotmail.com, and I would love to hear from you. Well, until next time, God bless you.
and thank you.